all this stuff we were talking about in previous episodes of this sort of this this uh, absorbed coping, this skilled engagement with the world, this being in the world and doing things habitually and, and with almost without thinking about them. Like he can do all those things. If he learned to play guitar, he could still play guitar. He probably couldn't read music, but he could still play guitar because he learned how to do it before the injury or something like that. If you develop this condition, you can do everything you could before. You just can't read or talk about it or point at it in a kind of abstract movement way. Let's burn through quickly a, a few of the examples of things that he, he can't do anymore. If you give him scissors, leather, he can sit there and sew a wallet. But if you tell him, explain to me how to sew a wallet, he can't do that. Um, if he's looking at a painting, he can see all the colors, he can see all the shapes, he can say this is dark, this is light, but he can't see the landscape. So he can't see the whole thing together. If you trace letters into his hand, this is, I found, super weird. If you trace letters into his left hand, he can't tell what the letters are unless you trace them backwards. Unless you do a mirror image of the letter, like a backwards R, then he can say, oh, you just wrote an R into my hand. But otherwise, can't tell. Um, if you say, today's Tuesday, what was yesterday, he can't. He doesn't know that it's Monday, even though he, he can say all the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If you say today's Tuesday, so what was yesterday, can't make that connection for whatever reason. Um, if you show him a picture of a triangle, you guys can fill me in if there's any I forgot, but show him a picture of a triangle. He can't tell you it's a triangle, but if he runs his finger along the edge of it and draws out the triangle shape, then he knows it's a triangle. So a lot of these weird things that we would think are are, are yeah. simple and for whatever reason has there's a, a connection that's not being made there he also talks okay well he also talks about like if he's asked to point to a part of his body right so like if like point at your elbow he can't really do it but what he can do is he can do all these preparatory movements where he kind of like shifts his body around and his hand and it slowly like like um focuses in on the spot so he can be like you know he can't he can't just like point to it easily he has to like do these movements that then eventually like zero in on the point that he's being told uh, to point to, which is uh, interesting. Yeah, and again, this is where I wish I had some more videos because I, I can picture, you know, like he can salute, but he has to do, like you said, all these preparatory movements. Like he almost, like you can't just say, you know, raise your right hand above your head. He has to almost like do these spasmodic random movements to find his own hand, right? Yeah, and he has to be looking and he has to do all these m almost wild movements until he finally sort of finds his hand, find the one that brings the hand up. Like he has to do all of everything has to be in this sort of concrete frame and he can sort of go through all these motions and 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 track with his eyes his own body and then finally figure out a way to do the thing you're asking him to do. And if you interrupt him along at any point in that process, that'll, then it'll be back to square one, nothing, complete, complete confusion about the task being performed. There's something about, there's something about Schneider's injury where, yeah, he's just engrossed in a kind of concrete movement world and the abstract movements in which, you know, you can, you can separate from your immediate concrete situation and imagine 
in a way that's required, you know, to perform that action, right? Like if you're, you know, at play with somebody, like you can, he can, he can do that, but not in a directly abstract way like normal people can. He's he's got this injury that prevents it, and and it's very strange. And Ponty uses this breakdown to make some pretty interesting comments. Now, now, what do you mean by normal people, Eric? Are you just assuming uh, some kind of standard of normalcy by which we shall be judged? People I, who haven't been hit in the head with a shell in World War One. Yeah, I mean, like people who. I, I know. Yeah. I, I can't. But, but I, I want to say that what I think is really interesting about this chapter is this really seems to me to be not a knockdown blow, but at least a very big empirical blow to intellectualism uh, of the sort that Ponty is criticizing. Uh, because the kind of whole virtue uh, of this kind of transcendental argument that Kant makes is precisely that it's supposed to be universal, right? That you need this extremely robust transcendental architecture that's capable not just of generalization and abstraction, uh, but to be present the representation of the world as you experienced it to consciousness without even needing the object of representation there ahead of you. Uh, and it's very robust and it's very complicated, as we all know. And Ponty seems to be saying, I found someone, this is my take, that doesn't conform to this kind of Kantian pattern. Uh, if he does have a kind of transcendental architecture to his behind his mind, it's a much, much more million, uh, minimal or deracinated one than what Kant assumed any conscious being must have. And yet Schneider still seems to be conscious uh, yep. in every way that we think is important. He's not using this critically by being, oh, he's not a Kantian subject, so he's not human. He's saying you know, Kant is wrong, that there are other kinds of consciousness that are possible without all the kind of stuff that he's talking about. Yeah, well, uh, I did, I did want to add. And I think it's pretty interesting. And, and it's not just Kant. I think you make a good point, Matt, and I want to emphasize this. This blows away somewhere around 90% of the philosophy of mind. One case, because either Schneider is not conscious, which I don't think anyone would say. He's speaking, interacting, working, aware that he's alive, clearly. But it's not just the Kantian universals out the window. By the way, uh, listeners, if you're not clear on what that's referring to, for Kant, there are always existing preconditions for any potential object, any imagined object even has to have a color, has to have a shape, has to exist in time. Uh, so even if we don't know the noumenal nature of time or space or color, we still know that they must be transcendental in, in some sense. That whatever object we consider must be considered in those terms. Now, does God think about objects in those terms? Maybe not. But at least for us, that is the ground floor of any possible experience. And now earlier we were defending Husserl from Matt's assault, but by this definition, Husserl is also an intellectualist because for Husserl, any conceivable experience is going to have a thought object to which it corresponds, a noemata, the thing that is experienced that has a particular form. But Schneider is having experiences ostensibly without the form. Now we don't know what it's like from Schneider's side, but the noemata of the experienced object does not seem to be for him an object. For him, it's a process. Eventually, he can figure something out um, that doesn't involve an object in the first place. And I should say, it seems that he can get to something like an object eventually, but we can't know whether that's equivalent. So it's not universal. Yeah, I mean, I, that's good because you're kind of anticipating one of the things I wanted to say. But, you know, he does... Um 
You know, I think it's worth also noting. I anticipated that, you're coming, Victor. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I did want to note that, you know, when we say abstract movements, at least like the way I understand it is like the thing that makes them abstract is because he has to like translate some language, like, like a word a lingu- into an action. So it's like, it's like a between, it's about the connection between, uh, the, the, between understanding the word and then translating that into action, which makes it abstract. Um, so, um, so when he's being asked to do things that like aren't part of his everyday routines or things that he's used to, it's because he has to do that abstract process of like translating, being like, okay, what's the connection between like that word and that action? And you're, and Matt's absolutely right that I think on the intellectualist view, right? For the intellectualist, it's like there is a connection between, um, you know, mental representations. Um, and then, and then like that, that's kind of like the key explanation of actions, right? Like actions are, are explained by like having like representations in your mind. Um, but then of course, but Schneider is still able to do actions with, or is still able to do actions without, with that kind of like connection severed, I suppose. Yeah. And and I want to say also that, um, if I were Ponty, I might have been a little more cheeky on this point by pointing out that this kind of intellectualist prejudice uh, that you see in somebody like Kant really uh, is something that only a philosopher with a capital P could mm. come up with. This idea that the primary function of consciousness is present the objects uh, of experience to you without that object being present as a kind of representation so you can experience them or at least think about them abstractly, right? Uh, whereas Ponty, to go back to Pills's initial comment all the way back at the beginning of the stream, is saying, no, that's not necessarily the most human thing, because we can still be a kind of conscious being that's much more defined by how we interact much more concretely with the world. That well, doesn't mean that we'd wa- anybody would want to be Schneider or that we yeah, of course. not want to be Kantian subjects in some sense. But it, it, I think this is a pretty important blow to... Th- I'll put it like an intellectualist, not fallacy, but intellectualist philosophical prejudice. 